Hello and welcome to Frame by Frame, the musical edition. <laughs> Actually, no, we're not going to talk about musicals at all today. I hate musicals. Best is over, guys. <laughs> you talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? No funny how. I mean, funny like I'm Peter Bink. We all go a little mad sometimes. Barclay doesn't spend time with his family. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! In a place that won't let us feel In a life where nothing seems real What, what, what do you find wrong you. with musicals? Just, just not my thing at all. You know, they always seem to um, smile while they're singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, especially when the scene is dramatic and... I'm going to kill your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this spoon. I thought you were it with my sperm. <laughs> it's the Hamlet edition. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. Well, you could, though. You could choke them with sperm, couldn't you? <laughs> Drown from, them. From a cow. <laughs> okay, so what are we going to talk about in the 29th episode? Um. I don't know. Should we um, talk about like action films and stuff? It's showtime. Yeah. Um, so what makes an action film? What makes an action? Well, I've, I've been thinking about this ever since last week because we we said about Leon and Payback we were going to watch the the um, director's cut. Yeah. Did you watch the director's cut? I'm not chance. Who gave who? I work twelve time. hours a day now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were kind of like talking those films up for being quite you know stylish and, mm. uh, and and enjoyable and still holding up today especially Leon not so much Payback Payback's mm, okay but Leon is an incredible so uh, to me an action film it's not about the genre action is something that you put into the mixture any any because any genre of film can be an action uh, can be action I think any genre film can have action in it. It doesn't particularly yes. make it an action film. So we need to define what is actually an action-orientated film from a genre, which is actually pure action film. Yeah. Because could, you could say... Um, well, action is basically ahead of genre. Yeah, like Pretty Woman. He punches a guy in the face, which is a bit of action. bit of action in a, in a romantic comedy. Yeah, but it's not Commando. <laughs> it's not Commando. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he was wearing what, what underwear or not, but that, it, it helps the gerbil stay up. To keep... I knew the gerbil was going to come in. <laughs> you, know, you mentioned Richard Gere. You go anywhere near his underwear area, and gerbils. <laughs> you think Gere? You think gerbil? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know. Oh man, poor guy. He's never going to get away from that. Poor gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an actual film I'd want to see Jerry will fight its way out of gear and him like 
It won't be the great escape, it'll be the gear escape. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Top <imagine>. gear. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, an action film, um, stripping away from any other genre. I mean, the, you mentioned Commando. Let off some steam, Bennett. I mean, the Commando is 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 a, a film that is meant for just action. Yeah, I suppose when I think action film, I kind of think the eighties. Yes, most of it. Most yeah, of it. you know, like like we mentioned, Commando and well, martial arts film as well, martial Cobra arts, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, see, martial arts, it, it, they're action films, but they're kind of stylized. Yeah. So I suppose martial 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 arts cinema, although it's mm-hmm. under the umbrella of action films, is kind of separate. Yeah, because it it sets its own rules it, yeah. it sets its own place in, in in the universe and it's it's generally and we should definitely do one on action film um martial arts cinema yeah i mean that but there's there's a lot of crossover i mean science fiction generally is regarded as action yeah and people are disappointed when they watch a science fiction film and it doesn't have action in it that's usually the distinction between a good science fiction film and a bad science fiction film to the masses who watch them. Not not the yeah. people like you and me who thinks that Solaris is actually a really good film. Yeah. Good and, psychological. Yeah, and like Moon is... Moon. And Love. Have you seen Love? You've told me about this. I've not had a chance to watch it. That, yeah. Watch it. It's it's well worth it. It's quite interesting. And, uh, you know, and Inter- Interstellar as well, you know, is, is another film where, where you'd think, oh, space. But people automatically think space... Star Wars. Yeah. Space opera. Star Wars. So. Space. Space. Matt Damon crying. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think. (laughs) 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 Um, So, science fiction, again, has its own place of action. It doesn't. Because. But I, I think it's a perception of audiences and, and the common people, the common people, those yeah. common folks who write write reviews. All them, yeah, on on Amazon and IMDb that that have comments like, you know, there wasn't any action in it, nothing blew up, um, yeah. it was boring, it was slow, it was, you know, nothing happened. Because those horror films are action films. You could say, but they are action films. Because we've said this before that if Halloween came out now. It probably wouldn't do as well because not a great deal happens. It's all about building that suspense. But then you look at the original Star Trek motion picture. Yeah, that would that would not hold up at all now. But then you look at the new Star Trek action film. It's mm. the action that defines the uh, the perce- the actual hunger for the audience. It seems as though that people in yeah. Hollywood think that action is the only formula. I suppose, like, yeah, I suppose you're talking with Star Trek when it, when Next Generation was on TV. Yeah, there wasn't I suppose, there was action, there wasn't a great deal of it, but you know, Picard was always trying to find the alternative to action. Yeah, trying to diplomatically find his way out of a hole. So that's but suddenly when yeah. he goes to films, it's the opposite of that. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he's like, oh, screw it, let's kill everything. Yeah. I'm kill angry. The bugs. I'm angry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't. I didn't that's quite an interesting distinction there because television. I think basically action in television back then. Um, well, it was it was Texas. It was Chuck Norris. 
<laughs> he was the action guy on television. Yeah. I mean, X Files wasn't action, but it was. It had action filled into it. It was. A, it mm. was a. It was an ingredient. Yeah. Like in Star Trek: Next Generation, it was something that they needed to have per episode. I mean, there's, there's there are episodes like um, to, to be the, the Star Trek geek that I am, the cost of living, which was an episode about um, about Deanna Troy and uh, having a visit from her mother and her mother interfering with Worf's parenting and taking her son to the, his son to the holodeck and teaching him to be a bit belligerent. Right. That episode has has no need for action at all in it, but the B story. Um, is the, the one little bit of action that they do have in that episode? I, I, I can't remember what the, what the actual action is, but they had to have something—an emergency on the bridge—that they had to then sort out on the screen. It had to be action, and then they just go back to the to the family-oriented storyline. Yeah. Um, but so every episode, no matter what happens in the episode, they have to have that little bit of, of of action ingredient just mm. to kind of keep people awake who kind of need that it's it's almost like a drug people need to have the drug and in some respects the filmmakers so terrified of not the, of, well of the, losing the audience yeah that I was like right okay we've had a bit of introspection here now we need to go blow up a building yeah because that's why I love the you know like we, we watched Avengers recently and I think that's action done well because it has a purpose. Yes. And trying the, to calm Hulk down, you're expecting to have uh, colossal damage. In yeah, colossal and not damage. like yeah. where you've got like um, uh, the Superman film, The Man of Steel, where they level an entire city and thousands of people die. You know, it's like an afterthought. It doesn't matter. Because yeah. we've had all this action, but like in Avengers, where Tony Stark is carrying the Hulk and he's trying to buy, he's make, he's found a building that no one's in, and he's quickly trying to buy the building so he can drop Hulk in it. It's he's trying to buy the building exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like really well crafted, humorous. Like yeah. when he's when he's repeatedly punching him in the face, like go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. You know? Yes, that is action for the sake, not for the sake of action, but action. Uh, driven by intent yeah. rather than just yeah I mean being the drug that everybody needs I mean sometimes that's the medicinal drug yeah. rather than the actual uh, um, recreational drug I'm, I'm I'm now using action as a metaphor for drug taking that's I'm, I'm okay with that it's okay so when you've got mail when you've got um, <laughs> nothing happening the but Tom romantic... Hanks Meg Ryan film not the, the gay porn <laughs> Oh my god! I got mailed. <laughs> I got mail all over me. <laughs> Covered in letters. <laughs> Covered in royal mail. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw in a caricature. Then. Um. What was I saying? Yeah. There's. A, there's actually. Uh. There are actually stuntmen. And you've got mail. I watched this. Tom Haggis has an irrational fear of emails. <laughs> yeah. well, you know what I've learned recently? Sorry, we're going off subject, but it doesn't matter. Is um, you know, Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was terrified of every single animal. Really? So he had a stunt double that any time he was dealing with an animal, it's not him; it's a stunt double. And it took it's terrified of animals. Yeah, he's either such a prima donna or what? I don't know, but yeah. yeah know. He, Unless this is kind of like the rumor mill, and it was just simply one. No, apparently it was like the the hamster wouldn't go near the hamsters. Oh yeah, tennis. Like, I, I wouldn't go near hamsters. Really? I, I you ain't paying me enough to go near no hamster. 
he's, it's like he's in the room. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm really not making friends here, am I? <laughs> I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. But why should I? Because I'm going to say, please. Drop dead! But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's... The, so, yeah, he had a stuntman. Yeah, to, yeah, so apparently the editing process was just unbelievably difficult. You know, that's because, it. you know, to try and edit it together and use the CGI where it wasn't him. And, yeah, apparently it was just a nightmare. God knows why they did Doctor Doolittle too. If he was such a, I want to come back to, to not touch more animals. <laughs> well, I made so many millions out of that. Wow! Bring that stunt guy again. He looks just like me. <laughs> He's almost in the room again. <laughs> but yeah, you've got mail. They are our stuntmen, and I and I I remember watching it with my mother. <laughs> right. Our number one fan back in 1996. Rented it for her, and I watched it with her because you know. I can't stand Meg Ryan, but I'll watch it for Tom Hanks, if you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> because he's Tom Hanks. I mean, yeah, I love him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, we looked at the end credits, because that's what we do. We're, we're just fans of looking at names. And it's set to Stuntman, three Stuntmen. Okay. And I thought, how is that possible? How are there Stuntmen and you've got mail? So I watched it again, and I found them. There's a taxi uh, outside of a window that does an emergency stop and, and uh, as one of the guys walks past in the scene and goes into the shop. Okay. That's it. That's the only stunt in the movie, but they had three stuntmen in it. And uh, I was like, well, you know, did they need that? Sometimes I think that that, that action is there for, for the sake of, of, of action. Yeah. Uh, when there's actually no even need for it. I mean, they didn't need to have that little bit in the background. Hmm. They just needed to have the guy come in and start spewing all of his, oh, oh, you've got mail. mail. <laughs> I had mail. <laughs> you've got mail and your shop is closing and I feel very sad for you. That was the drama. Yeah. But they didn't need to have the taxi driver. Thing. Uh, yeah. I looked into the mail and the mail looked into me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so sometimes some films, I think, well, there's well, no yeah, point I think, in having action. Yeah, and then... It's that little filler, like in Star Trek Next Generation, where the story was was holding up. Yeah, and where you skirt, the drama. Like, like a Michael Bay film. Yeah. It has to be constant action, otherwise you'll start to think, "Hang on, that's not right." Yeah, you know every what I mean? scene, every scene. Did that, did that Autobot seriously just urinate on a man? Did I just see that with my own two eyes? But if it's constant, all right, that happened, and now this, all this other stuff happens, you forget about it, you carry on. And you... So we watched that letter film essay um, by the guy who was was exploring the idea of the, the, the principles of Bayhem. Yeah, Bayhem. And uh, literally everything, everything was a setup of, of trying to become, trying to make the frame full. Full, as full as possible, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? We don't need to have a list of action films. Let's close the vacuum cleaner. Um, because we know, we know action. Yeah. <laughs> We've mentioned you've got mail. We've mentioned... I, oh, I live action. <laughs> you live action. Who's she? <laughs> live action. Live action. Um, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so, where, where was I? Well, what to you then makes an action film? silence <laughs> yeah i think yeah it doesn't have to be heavy on plot no it's gonna be you light want, on plot yeah you need um an easy setup so arnie's kid gets stolen for from him 
Usually it's a personal setup, isn't it? And he goes to get his kid yeah. and kills an island of people. <laughs> yeah, the entire continent you know completely mean? massacred. It's when you put yeah. more substance into it that it starts to not be an action film. I wouldn't say then Leon. it becomes a drama. I wouldn't say Leon is an action film. I Ooh, think it's a, yeah. I'd, I'd say it's a perhaps a drama with action. With action in it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not all wall-to-wall action. Most of it's just, you know, him and Natalie Portman, who at that age of 11 is acting her freaking socks off in that movie. Yeah. She's got to feel sorry for, for her because she picked up the phone one day and George Lucas said, do you want to be in Star Wars? And she's like, of course I do. And it kind of ruined her for a bit. Did she Did she really say, of course, Star Wars? Because I cannot, um, I just couldn't, it's like Ashley Judd doing Star Trek. I just thought, what? And she completely disowns it. She doesn't want to talk about it. She kind of, yeah, I did that thing. Yeah, okay, get yeah. over it. I think um, she feels like that now, but I don't know. Yeah, I think because Samuel Jackson, he just when he did Die Hard, he just wanted to be in a Die Hard film. I think when George Lucas brings Samuel Jackson up, I just wanted to be in a Star Wars film. Just Samuel to, Jackson wanted, yeah, he wanted to be in a Die Hard film. That yeah, was he's it. in Die Hard yeah, Three. Yeah. Die Hard with the. I vengeance. forgot that he was in that movie for a second. Natalie Portman being in Star Wars was purely just. Um, it's school fees it got her through Harvard yeah I yeah. think so yeah so so this is the thing right Star Wars are sci-fi films with action in them oh. I'd say like Avengers and those kind of films are the I'd say they're sci-fi slash comic book films with, with action, action in, in them. them yes I would say Transformers is an action film pure and simple action film because there's nothing to think about there's um, what? What's the goal in these? Is there a goal in these Transformers movies? Bumblebee, stop lubricating the man. Huh? I'm actually not sure. I don't want to spend too much time slagging them off because uh, we, we do that. Yeah, but basically, I think the goal is to defeat somebody, to to get to the end to the end guy. Maybe an action film is just the same as as Kung Fu Master on on a game console. You go through your levels. You 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 beat up a load of uh, amateurs Cause I don't before think, you get to the big boss. Because I don't think anyone learns anything from action. If you learn something, then all of a sudden it doesn't become an action film. Perhaps like Die Hard. No one learns anything in that. They take over. Um, he he learns. They learn to fall in love again. They they kind of like they were they were divorced. Well, they're separated. Separated, yeah. And then they kind of she kind of realized oh. I love you because you killed all these people and saved me. Yeah. But that's the thing, he that that's the simple setup. Yeah. It's like this has happened. Yeah. He wants to save his wife. That's it. That's it. That, there's nothing that's, to that's, think about. Yeah, but that's but, simple. But, but I is, think that's yeah. done really well. I love I love Die Hard. I know you're saying earlier that you think it's a little bit overrated. I'm starting to kind of feel that maybe there's I don't know, maybe maybe that was a bit off off handed comment really, because 'cause I'm 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 just looking at the the big canvas of action films, mm. and as you say, now that we're starting to kind of populate them into their different genres, there is specifically action. Yeah. So I'd therefore, say... it is a great action film. It's a terrible drama. Oh yeah. It's a terrible thriller, um, it, but it's a it's a really really amazing action film. And the thing I love about Die Hard, especially yeah. the first one, is you you feel every knock he gets. Yes. Like when he's walking on the glass, you feel that it's glass. Yeah, glass you know what I mean. Very, it's yeah. uh, it, and the the title Die Hard is quite is a brilliant title for that film because yeah. he goes through the ringer. 
And he does, yeah. He manages yeah. the end, like the very end when he's walking up to her and he looks half dead and, you know. He's just haggard and. Yeah. Holly! Molly! Molly is his daughter. Holly! I'm surprised at the end Adrian. of. <laughs> at the end of um, Die Hard 4 that he didn't have a seam where he was going, Molly! Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's definitely not overrated. Die Hard. Mm. Um, I think it's the classic. the um, the franchise might just be a little bit overrated. It's too now. much now. It's it's was the latest yeah, one. We'll make another Die Hard movie. Yeah, and Bruce Willis uh, Die Hard. That's what people want. The one show usually has these guests like someone off Waterloo Road or a bloke who knows shitloads about the history of tarmac. But the other day, there was this bald bloke on and I was across the room and I thought, oh, it's Jesper Carrot. Maybe they're doing Golden Balls again. But it wasn't Jesper Carrot. It was Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, right, had done this film called A Good Day to Die Hard and it had this brilliant trailer full of like, amazing things happening, like explosions and more explosions, which is brilliantly done. All the fire looks hot and everything. Hardly anyone seemed to have seen this Die Hard 5 thing till just before it came out. It was like the film people were keeping it secret, so no-one could spoil it for you by saying, hey, it's brilliant, just before you pay to see it. But Matt Baker and Alex Jones had seen it, and they obviously loved it because they kept telling Bruce Willis it was great. And it is absolutely incredible Thank you. you've raised the bar as far as action movies are concerned bruce willis seemed sort of humble about how good he knew the film was like he could hardly talk about it it was so humble and uh, it has that that diehard off to it so seriously he was so torn up with pride he just had to look at the floor and hardly say anything like when they asked if his daughters had seen it have the girls seen the film uh like you could see in his eyes he was really proud of this film the exciting looking film where he machine guns all the terrorists for like the fifth time which looks brilliant he's managed to make the same film five times without dying on the inside or looking like he doesn't really have much enthusiasm for the whole fucking thing anymore and just wishes it would stop that's not what he looks like Matt Baker, I introduced a clip from Moonlighting, and you could tell Bruce was excited. A lot of people will remember you from uh, Moonlighting back in uh, 85. It, it kind of launched you. Let's just remind ourselves for all those that may have forgotten. Here we go. <gasps> Moonlighting looked brilliant, sort of effervescent, like full of life, but not as good as the new film that looks amazing with all the stuff that blows up and, and the exciting shooting and everything. And all the computerised pictures where everything explodes and, and the big writing and the banging and the booming sounds. Like in terms of noise alone, it's probably the best film ever. Later they mentioned Bruce's singing career when he did Under the Boardwalk and he was chuffed they brought that up. You should Enjoy. sing Under the Boardwalk. Oh, well, yeah. They showed a bit of it, actually, all that entertaining footage of him singing these classic songs in front of some black blocks in the 80s. It was great. Not as great as the film he's done that looks really incredible with all the helicopters and the death in it. Obviously because that's amazing. Then he sort of made a sound with a harmonica and got a nice round of applause. And I thought, oh, he must have overcome something. That's why they're being nice. Good for you, Bruce. Hope the film makes loads of money. I really do, because 
It looked good, that film, with all the amazing explosions and, and the shooting in it and, and the helicopter and everything. And, and then him killing people, like really killing lots of people with guns, like people with mums and dads and histories. And he just mows them all down because they're sort of bad, probably. I don't know, I haven't seen it. But I expect they are, otherwise he's a fucking murderer. Oh. But then you've got uh, Put me on the like films like Cobra. And yes. then again, oh. a simple setup. Yeah. Do you, she, did she witness something? Can they want to kill her to silence her? So yeah. he just has to protect her. Yeah, simple. that's 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 a lovely setup in action film. I mean, uh, that's that holds well as well in um, in narrow margin, mm. which is not an action. I don't see that as an action film. I call that a thriller. Yeah. Um, so there is another distinction between action and thriller. Yeah, because say heat. Is a thriller. Heat is a thriller, not an action movie. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, because there's so much more going on, and there is maybe it becomes a thriller when we do learn something. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. So I suppose a thriller is like an action film with substance. Yes, an action film is basically go. It's King Kong looking for Jane. Mm. That's what an action film is. They've got a, and it's usually about people or King revenge, Kong. or it's right. about revenge. So is King Kong an action film or is it a monster movie? <laughs> um, if we put personification on it, then it's an action film. Yeah. But if we say that the uh, it's a the, it's an ape, and that the protagonists are us, the ones who are being thrown about, yeah. well, there is no protagonist. No, not really. There's no antagonist. It's just nature. Mm. That's, a, that's a that's a wildlife movie. That's just a wildlife film of what could be. Um, yeah, because like Godzilla, <laughs> it's full of action. Movie, but yeah. sure got, so we've got another another group to put things the in the monster, monster movie movies. action because there is a protagonist in the new um, Godzilla, but they shouldn't be. I think if you look at the the the, the monster movie genre, the, the you only you only care about the monster. You don't need to have a guy who appears in every single scene. You need a Brian Cranston there who's in the background trying to kind of coordinate things. Chewing the scenery. Chewing the scenery, yeah. But you don't need to have a a protagonist who saves everyone. That's where, yeah, he's on a a train and then all of a sudden that kid gets on and then the door shuts so his parents can go on the train. You think, oh, he's going to have to look after the kid now. Yeah, And, and that would be fine if they actually followed through on that rather than just giving the kid away. Yeah, well, yeah. There was nothing. There, there was no reason for that. There was nothing learned, nothing gained. No, absolutely. It was just merely so that they could have that iconic child who is who has got the red cap and the you know it's the iconic Japanese boy. Yeah. Even though he's he wasn't Japanese. Yeah, I think he was. He was. He yeah. was yeah. They needed to have that connection, which is why you know they were so desperate to get that connection that they 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 lost it because they ended up landed in Chinatown. Do you think Godzilla is a film that Gareth Edwards wanted to make? I don't think it was. I think um, studio interference with that. Quite possibly, yeah, mm. yeah, because it doesn't. I mean, I mean, it's it's beautifully visual. Oh, there sure, are some yeah. moments uh, that are superb, especially when they're they're going out, falling out the plane, and it's just. That's beautiful. That, that's beautiful. beautiful. That yeah. that to me is if that was wall to wall, that it would be great. But unfortunately, they have to put in the tropes, and I think it's the tropes and the idioms and, and the things that get in the way are those studio. Mm. So we need to have more because they have their big boxes, are, 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 are you know because they don't. 
their their ideas are not um, very streamlined. They have big, uh, they have a, like a block. They've got triangles. They put the triangles in the triangle block. They put the squares, sorry, the cubes, in the cube block. They put the spheres, the balls, in the round one, mm. and they're all color coded so they know what goes in where. Yeah, and that's how they work. They don't have a sense of breaking that up and trying something new. They have to put the blocks in the right shapes in the right places all the time. Yeah, and so they're not really learning uh, or creating anything new. They're not. They're not working with an art form. They're working with a money maker. Yeah, so this has to happen. We yeah. need this part for this to happen. We need that. We need this. We made money because of this. Yeah. So therefore, we need that and that. This cube fits in that hole. So I want you to basically make the same cube sorter. Yeah. Over there. It's the same thing. But he, but Gareth Edwards obviously wanted to make something spectacular uh, without having the pressure of... of mm. Because they've released another Monsters film. Monster? Oh, the what? Yeah, the... I think it's called Dark Territory, I think. Which I've not seen yet, but allegedly it's gone where... Um, uh, obviously the first one was more of like a sort of love story that was surrounded by this yeah. apocalyptic monsters thing. It's yeah. just all army monsters shooting up, blow up thing. But apparently were... Starship troopers. It's basically. kind of the aliens to alien, I yeah. think. You know, yeah, it'll be that yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah. where instead of thinking, well, I can't do that again, so we'll just go ball. Let's not see the, ball. yeah, well, the, the monsters was, uh, yeah, um, that's that's not good. That's not, that's... I've not seen it, so I can't really, you know, yeah, maybe it'd be just wall-to-wall action, and that maybe that be, is yeah. an action film. And so. maybe that's it, maybe that that's that's probably what Aliens was as well. I mean, a lot of people who don't like Aliens, who prefer Alien, are simply just not into action films. That's true. Yeah, but I prefer Alien to Aliens, but I do like action films. Yeah, but you don't like Aliens as... But do you like Aliens? I like Aliens, but I prefer Alien. Yeah. But, but prefer, Aliens is an action film. But maybe preference is, has no meaning in here. It's like Bamboo and Oak. You know, they're both very different wood yeah. <laughs> forms. But I, pr- I prefer Koa. <laughs> you prefer Koa. Yeah, I want my wood to grow in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so sometimes comparisons are, uh, are meaningless. And yeah. Maybe that's the one thing that human nature we we need to kind of realize that there is no comparison. I mean, luckily they didn't do that with Die Hard. They didn't suddenly put um, Bruce Willis in in in, in, a, in a militia and, and send him out with an army. It was oh yes, they was... did. They called it um, Tears of the Sun. <sighs> but I'm saying yeah, but, but Die Hard was it was a new form of action film. Yes, it was. You know, it was. It weren't the perfect ripped army guy he's just a, a policeman who is sure. put into a situation and he has to try his best yeah even though there's still no potential for him to die in those movies you mm. know ironically die hard is nothing to do with him it's to do with all the others in the movie yeah because even die um, hard 2 I, I really like i love die hard 2 yeah i like die hard 2 more than i like die hard really okay and I think Psychic Venture then really really I I I I just love the idea of planes and air, I mean that is a huge responsibility I mean that's not just looking after his wife he is literally trying to keep planes up in the air yeah and that is a that's an exciting premise yeah for then, any movie and it's, it's always good when they great when you're sort of trying to keep the news away from the news people you yeah. know what I mean and trying to keep it he's all he's focused on is saving 
these people, but everyone else is more focused about keep it quiet. We don't want anyone to know. The and then you've got the news. I mean, it's a per- uh, that is a perfect action. I'm, I'm again, maybe is it just an action film or do we learn something from that? Because there is there's a lot of interference from the media uh, in that, and there's that woman that we love to hate, but she does so well in that movie. Yeah. Um, there's the coincidence of having the guy on the plane with 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 Holly, who's the sniveling asshole that she punches in the first film. Yeah. And that the scenes in, in the on the plane were equally as entertaining as as the scenes on the on the ground. Yeah. And then you've got the pure action scenes, the uh, the the travelator. And the, the the DIY guys, the painters. That, yeah. that was my favorite action scene in that whole sequence. I love the uh, fighting on the wing of the plane. Fighting on the wing of the plane. It has Die Hard Two has absolutely everything. It's got the luggage, luggage sorting yeah. uh, escapade. It's got humor. Uh, it's got it's got the, the uh, Dick Franz, whatever his name is, Eddie Franz, who is always getting telecalling, you know getting picked on by Bruce Willis and then going all right I want him out of my I want him out of my control room yeah 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 that guy and then you've got Fred the Fred. janitor fella <laughs> no, no the janitor fella he's great he's brilliant but he's another character I mean, that is purely full of character I was thinking of um uh the guy who who wanted to be president uh, a couple of years ago Fred Fred something savage Fred savage west <laughs> Fred west <laughs> Um. Okay. Die hard. Um. He's the guy who basically uh, lets McLean do his job and tells the policeman to kind of back down, let him do his job. He's the bigger guy. He, he has all these great lines like "stack and pack and rack him." Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. He's. He's. I love that guy. And when I, when I look at Die Hard and then I look at Die Hard Two, Die Hard Two is just full to the brim of different characters. Mm. It doesn't stop. It doesn't let up. And then they have that whole snow scene near the, not near the end, but kind of setting up a back three. They go out into the snow and they've got those commandos. Mm. They're all getting souped up, ready to go. And what happens? They all get freaking executed yeah. within a few moments. It's like, there's no way. And there's that, that huge... There's that great scene, isn't there, where yeah. they're all talk about their old war days. Yeah. And that kid's like, oh, I so wish... I bet you know I was with you for those times, mate. And then the the actual commando, the leader of them, is like, "Yeah, so do I, kid." And then just shoots him. Yeah, you're like, "Whoa!" I mean, come on. They set up a possibility of there being this huge commando fight against against the, the people on the plane. Get the get that yeah. um, uh, Escaban, whatever his name is, Escobar, yeah. um, and, and and sort it, sort it all out. They they were like going in full guns blazing, and they, and they just execute a lot of them. And I just thought, this is just, I think it's by far my favorite. I mean, it has the most unrealistic moment um, of possible death. And I think that if you go to, uh, um, if, if you go on to the, uh, uh, I think it's the people who do the um, um, screen junkies. Right. They do a, a pain-a-thon thing, whereas uh, they show how many times that John McClane should have died in Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Well, the most incredible scene when he gets ejected by the plane and then he comes down oh yeah there's no there's no parachute right there is there's a parachute there's a parachute sure of it yeah I just find that whole scene just incredibly ridiculous that's the only thing about Die Hard 2 yeah it blows up and he it blows up and he shoots up he should have been incinerated 
There, there are many times in, in, in any of these movies, to be fair. But you can't should... watch an action film and, and then think, oh, you, you, you'll never enjoy an action film if you're going to go in with that kind of mindset. But that's it. That makes it an action film. Well, you can just... In a thriller, you can't... You know, they have to obey the rules of, of medical yeah. uh, uh, trauma. Because in, in, I'm sure in action Die Hard don't. 3, he... He sort of he jumps onto a crane and then she goes like about a hundred foot onto he a does, boat. They do, and he has that iron file and he has to just pull out of his hand and he survives it. There's no way he'd survive that. Yeah. But I mean, if you a good action film, you don't question it. A good action film, yeah. But with action films that maybe haven't got your attention, you're not thinking they're not doing it quite as well. You start to think, oh, no way that would have happened. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's probably what it is. I think for the most of it. Die Hard Two was kind of like on on the cusp of of verging you know reality medical reality. Um, he was in pain. He was getting injured. He was getting burned. He was getting twisted. His legs were you know Mad Max mangled. Yeah. Um, but then all of a sudden they had that scene with him being ejected, and it kind of just threw me out a little bit. Right. So in a way, it kind of it kind of took itself out of its movie for a second, and then it came back into it. I think literally. Like, yeah, yeah. lifted out because I think with me though because it, it, it looks unrealistic the effects weren't very good and you can tell it was all green screened or yeah because they, they, just, the they just zoomed in on his face and you can see how they did it and yeah. that's that's probably why it threw it me out maybe maybe yeah, because it was so. just not realistic you know it wasn't done very well because the beauty of the Die Hard it's all actually it's all done with stuntmen practical. and very practical but that part was not and it brings you out because it's so obvious it's yeah. not practical so it has to Maybe be action done well. We need, yeah, I think that what makes an action cinema, an action film great, is the practical effects. Like you've just seen a stuntman do that, like the Mad Max yeah. car chases. People did that, and no one died. It's unbelievable. No, they were injured. Oh, they were injured. Yeah, but oh you know my what god, mean? more people died in Doctor Zhivago, um, and were actually kept on the screen. You actually see a woman get pulled under a train in Doctor Zhivago, wow. and, and they cut it just before they actually see her get killed that's nice of them yeah and it's very nice of them (laughs) so I mean that that is pure action so oh god we saved a few hundred quid there but yeah you're absolutely right it has to be practical yeah and it has to be um, uh, it doesn't have to be medically realistic otherwise it takes it to a realm of thriller hmm and uh, you know when they get shot, they have to go to to a doctor to get patched up. Yeah, um, I suppose the beauty of Jackie Chan films is when he's fighting, he, he always gets hurt. He always shows the pain of something. Yes, he's not a Superman in these films. He's sort of like he's the lovable rogue who will who will save the day, but he'll get hurt doing it. And John McClane, in some ways, is that guy. He you know he gets hurt. He's not. Yeah, well, John McClane is is just a cop. Yeah, we have to remember that he has is he's not like Jean Claude Van Damme who's gone through um, a full hour at the beginning of a movie um, uh, from from being this this kind of normal guy like John McClane who sees his brother get paralyzed, gets angry, and then realizes I've got to go and get trained, and then he has mangoes dropped on him, and, and he there's, gets pain, and there's pain, and there's, there's stretching. The elements of the action film, the training montage, the training montage, but it's also it's the pain that they go through yeah. in order to get ripped. Rambo didn't go through that. Rambo just came onto the scene ripped. Well, he wasn't as ripped in the first Rambo. Yeah, but they... Yeah. And then Rambo 2, Rambo 3, he was incredibly ripped. 
but that's what makes so Rambo yeah. the first Rambo I don't think is an action film that's Ooh. a thriller because, because he's not he's necessarily a, he, yeah. he didn't want any of that this town turned on him because he was a Vietnam vet it was all about what the war had done to him and how twisted he'd become and he just wanted to be left alone Got but you. they were not leaving him alone and he ends up turning into this one man army because they just pushed him too far interesting and there's that scene isn't there when the, he finds him in the shop and he's just in tears he's crying his eyes out because of what the war had done to him and he just wanted to be left alone and they just kept pushing him and pushing him until he had no choice but to become this yeah, yeah. But then Rambo two and three, he's just going into Vietnam or wherever to save a lot of people. Yeah, and he's like, he's like up. the quiet, um, heavy who sits there watching everybody else being idiots for a second, and all of a sudden he goes, "Okay, I'm good yeah. with this grenade." <laughs> everybody goes, everybody's yeah. gone, and then everybody looking at him going, "You shot me." Yeah. Oh, you know, it's only out to get the paper. So what? <laughs> I just. I just went from here to there. To... Yeah, I, you know, okay. I don't agree with what they're doing, but it's a job. <laughs> you shot me for it. it says, uh, it I love that in, a, in the Austin Powers, where no one thinks about the family of a henchman. Yeah, I so mean, when they kill a henchman, the... then it goes to the backstory of the henchman. It's beautiful. Yeah, but, see, that's that, and that's it. No, no bad guy can have a history. No bad no. guy can have um, any any sign of humanity in them. Yeah, definitely the most horrible person ever. He's like, you know, when he was a kid, he used to pull the wings off butterflies and laugh. And then when you grow a bit older, he ends up getting into drugs and, you know. And And that's why they messed up with Halloween. Michael Myers, you didn't need to know anything about him. That's what makes him one of the best horror icons ever, is he is just evil. There is no reason. You can't talk to him. You can't reason with him. Yeah. He, Prequels suck. He Darth Vader should never have had a prequel. No. That's it. Exactly. Where he was just this evil guy. It's perfect. But then you start to say, oh, well, he was this. And his parents beat him when he was a what child. Was, I mean, what, what the, the hell I, you don't need was it. George Lucas trying to do with trying to kind of create the backstory of Darth Vader? When we already know who and what he is. What It's like... It's like well, you know, you you guys kind of judged him a little bit too soon, and uh, I think if you knew about his, his life, then you'd change your mind. No, 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 we don't care. No, we don't care, and that's that's why the prequels failed. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, one of the reasons the prequels. The, 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 the actual justification, the idea yeah. behind the prequels was that I, I just want everybody to kind of know how or Darth Vader became Darth Vader. You know, it's like he's in the room. <laughs> that's actually really good. Better than you, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, my Eddie Murphy is terrible. My my, uh, who else have I done? Well, my Christopher Walken is awful. Yeah. But... So, Eddie Murphy though, because he he did some good action films. Beverly, Beverly Hills, Cop, Hills Cop. They were action films. So now we're on the Buddy Cop. Buddy Cop. Lethal Weapon films. They're action films, but they're another. They're a sub genre of action films. The Buddy Cop action films. Yeah. Who was his buddy in Beverly Hills Cop? Was it, but he was being shadowed by the two cops by Judge yeah. Reinhold and and the fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, fat guy. Um, but yeah, I suppose, but it's still. Hmm, is it a buddy cop? I suppose it is because he ends up being buddies with the cops. So it's buddy cop. Buddy cop. Buddy cop. Buddy cop. Buddy cop. Buddy cop. Small potatoes on the TV. Yeah, well, because they've got small a potatoes. Because they've got Aspen in the in, in the other room. We're kind of just getting away with murder right now. This is incredible. Yeah, I'm actually thinking I, we were never going to be able to do this podcast today. 
he's he's ace. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, right, Dad, I'll have a kip. When it, you're done, I'll wake up and talk to you somewhere. I mean, stop this episode now and listen to the beginning. And listen to us going, oh, what are we going to talk about? I have no idea. Now listen to us. Yeah. We're into it. It's like, it, it's like all that doubt. Phew, that's fantastic. Anyway, so action film. Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. There is a bit more there because Mel, especially in the first film, Mel is a messed up guy, he isn't he? lost somebody. Yeah, he lost yeah. his, his but wife. He's, but he, he's not, he's not going after the bad guys um, because of it. That's mm. just simply a part of his makeup. Yeah. That's a part of him. Uh, the reason for the action is not the reason why he's that way. So they're two separate things. Yeah. I think as, as soon as you put, I mean, if, if his wife was killed and the people who were in causing the trouble were the people that were the bad guys in that movie, mm. then it would just be a pure action film because that would just be revenge for his wife's death. But two things were separate. His wife died. How did she die? Suicide? No, she was killed, wasn't she? Was she killed? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was killed. Because doesn't it turn out that in either two or three that the main bad guy in that film has something to do with the death? Of I'm not sure. I'm sure. I think so. But then it kind of ruins it because by that time he's already into Rene Russo and he's like, oh, well, the wife doesn't matter anymore. You know? It's, it, it, well, it, there has that scene though where he goes yeah. to the grave stone doesn't he of, yeah. his, of his wife and he's like saying look I'm, I'm going to be getting married that's, that's number four, four. Yeah. yeah yeah. which combines Kung Fu cinema martial arts cinema and would bring me Jet Li into it With a lot much that was more successful than John Wick yes I think uh, Lethal because Weapon 4 Jet Li is a lot better than Keanu Reeves at fighting well because maybe because he is he plays a bad guy really well Jet Li Jet Li is incredible Jet, yeah. I mean I, I, I think it, he they got him at the right time in his prime. Yeah. I don't think he's doing anything like that anymore. Interestingly, with Lethal Weapon 4, we, um, when I was at college, we used to go to this place in Chinatown and we get all the sort of bootleg DVDs yeah. that had come straight from Hong Kong. And um, we got Lethal Weapon 4 because I was just obsessed with martial arts cinema and we watched it. It was amazing. Then it got released on DVD, so I bought the DVD so I didn't have this like... It was like VCD, wasn't it? Like video con Yeah, they used this. To, so they, they weren't the great quality. Yeah. So we got the DVD, and it was so cut. All the like the real cool moves, and where he like breaks someone's neck, uses his like his chain on his neck to break to choke someone, cut out completely. In Japanese cinema? No, no, the Japanese one was uncut. Oh, so it was the uncut, one that yeah. we got released here with all the like cool moves and stuff was all cut. Wow. Yeah. There was this part where he does this weird handstand leg splitty thing and he knocks these guys out and just weren't even in it. Because censorship is one thing that I always kind of think about, when, especially when nowadays we're able to get films from America, region, you know, the region one, yeah. we're able to, to kind of see what they see. Um, and as you say, you know, with the Japanese cinema, you get to see a lot more. Mm. And um, I think the American one as well, because Matt had the um, bootleg video that had come from America where we got from the same place and that was uncut but the yeah. one that came into the UK was cut for God knows what reason um, BBFC standards I think they they it, it's odd because um, I, I remember back in the 90s when uh, Aliens and Die Hard were on television mm. um, the, the violence was pretty much there that I was aware of but there probably is more to it than, mm. I, than you know more cut than I really thought because I thought that they edited the dialogue 
more than they actually the, uh, edited the um, the the violence because yeah. it was always it was it wasn't Ipikai Ipik- motherfucker. Yeah. What was the uh, was it Mother Flipper or something like that? Yeah, they they completely changed the the, the dialogue and also in uh, in Aliens Vasquez when she when she had a rampage talk about going I'm gonna fucking back down there and we're gonna find the nest I'm gonna fucking blast yeah. them the motherfuckers into you know and she she has a big rage they completely redubbed it with a different voice she goes all right we're gonna go down there and find that nest and kill them all and it was so so diluted and fluffy that it just wasn't it wasn't her and i just wish i had that videotape still because i I wanted to kind of capture that and put it in a video because i'd love to be able to find all these little bad the thing censorship i can sort of sort of understand sometimes censoring language like if it's like really nasty language to sort of to get it as a 15 so we could cut yeah. all those f words out i'm saying f words because aspen's in the other word in the other room oh but yeah it's yeah. weird isn't it it's, it's... he's sleeping for fuck there you go i said it now i feel like an awful okay. person that's okay <laughs> but i didn't quite get it with the lethal weapon for cutting some of the the moves because what 95 percent of the population can't do what jet lee could do in that film so I cut it out to say, oh, it's I'm going like to try and do too. a handstand spinny leg split yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there are worse things that you see on film that never get cut. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, uh, Clockwork Orange wasn't cut. And uh, they, they <laughs> yeah, rammed a huge dildo up. Um... Anyway. <laughs> that was my favourite scene. <laughs> but um, like in Drunken Master 2, yeah. um, I was one of my favourite Jackie Chan films, he does this move where oh. he he jumps, he sort of spins round and he jumps off his right leg. His right leg spins around. He, he goes to kick someone with the right leg he just jumped off but misses the face but lands on the same leg and then kicks him with his left leg. And it was all cut out of the American one. Yeah. And I'm like, who could do that? I'll show it you later. You know, the actual movie. But I mean, he jumps he off his it. right leg spins around his right leg that he just jumped off just narrowly misses this guy's head he lands on the same leg he just ki- he just tries to kick him with and then kicks him with his left leg that's like that's, the, that's like um, you know those little action figures that you had where you push the button and the legs go in different directions yeah well it's unbelievable it's, it's probably like possible he's done it <laughs> yeah and but they quit and I'm like well why no I, I can't do that and I'm not going to try to do that, so don't cut it. Yeah. So, you know. so what we're saying is, is that as far as censorship goes in this country, um, cutting cutting action is is pointless. Yeah, but I don't cutting, think it's cutting a... bad language is simply just to lower the age. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But then you've got Jackass, and they can put that on channel whatever. Who uh, who cares? Yeah, bad grandpa who's done by the same team where he, he he sits in this like you know like a toy car that kids sit in, and it shoots him straight through a window. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, leave that in because it's for comedic effect. Uh, is that how they get away comedic, with it? Is that probably? Yeah, yeah. Because it's that, that's the, the yeah, it's ridiculous. And I think that that's you know censorship. I have a big problem with no matter what mm. you know is being shown. If it's being if it's there in the film, then it's there. You know, if if that's what is being filmed, it's there. Leave it. It's like that's like going into the tape gallery, finding that hairy hairy. Um, statue of a man that was made out of pubic hair and shaving it yeah <laughs> that's really good yeah you don't it's the art is the fact I mean it's like going to um, yeah to Brett um, I was going to say Brett Ratner then um, well, the Rush Hour films they're action Brett, films yeah. they're the new buddy cop Rush Hour films <laughs> Rush Hour there's, there you go yeah yeah you're right I enjoy um, those films I think they're good 
Because the surface and there's nothing other than... I mean, I think buddy cop films have a different kind of formula. They don't generally go for the uh, revenge of the family member. Mm. Um, they usually go for wanting to to rid... rid of, uh, it's not usually an assignment that they go on that, that they get caught up in, is it? Well, is the it first usually... one, um, the Chancellor's daughter gets kidnapped and... Jackie is the the Chancellor's from Hong Kong and Jackie is asked to, by him to come over from Hong Kong and help find but the police don't want him interfering because gotcha. they think he's just useless so they put, give him with Chris Tucker who is useless and said oh you know just get show him the sights keep him but obviously it's Jackie and he's awesome so yeah. he ends up you know doing the thing so it was a chaperone that wasn't necessarily the assignment and they just basically said well that's you know the FBI keep, basically said just keep him out of our way keep him out of the way and they actually do the opposite. Yeah. Ah, see that I, I, I cannot remember Rush Hour. Yeah, it's just interesting because you can tell the parts that Jackie directed to the part, the action parts that Jackie directed to the parts that Brett did, because Brett Ratner does not know how to shoot action scenes. I mean, but you've got Jackie Chan at that point in has twenty years, thirty years of experience of doing that and being the best. I honestly think that Jackie Chan is a genius when it comes to choreography. I've never seen anyone. Be able to portray martial arts on film right. as well as he can, and the the secret is, is as we've learnt recently, is the fact that they don't he doesn't cut from the punch yeah. to the actual yeah you know, it, it every every piece of action is complete um, and seen visually mm. as a complete piece. It's not cut. And when you're talking about practical effects, who has ever done it better than Jackie? Yeah, when someone jumps from the top of a building it jumps from one building to the balcony of the next building Yeah, it's him doing that and you've got three or four multiple camera angles so make sure you know he did that and you know his influences his influences were Harold Lloyd yeah and Chaplin um, Chaplin and um, well yeah, Pro Project Buster A Eden. when he's hanging from the um, the clock tower have you seen that? have you seen Project A? Uh, is that Jackie Chan? yeah uh, Harold Lloyd also hangs well that's clocks. it it was a homage to him yeah homage yeah yeah that's where his influences are and that's where he put his martial arts into and that's mm. the reason why martial arts films his martial arts films especially are so effective because he blended the two together yeah I mean imagine if Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton or Howard Lloyd started to do martial arts in their films that would be awesome well absolutely but, <laughs> but if you watch like the early Bruce Lee films you know you'll be fighting someone but you see all these guys in the background who sort of just going from side to side from side to side waiting and waiting and then once he's beat that guy up one of them will join he'll beat that guy up another one will join he'll beat that guy up what Jackie did is all the guys are on him at the same time Yeah, and he's just got to get through it That's because it. that wouldn't happen you wouldn't wear oh it's my turn to get beat up now you wouldn't you'd be like right let's all get him yeah. kick the crap out of him but in Jackie's film he's five, he's five or six people the choreography is astounding and get away the, with that and I think the, the one big problem when you start to go away from just the punching to guns is that the realism suddenly does fall out completely. I mean, when it comes to martial arts films and Jackie Chan's films especially, um, also Bruce Lee to a certain extent, fighting hand-to-hand -hand is so much more painful and realistic than any gunfight that you will ever see. Because people who are trained to kill people don't suddenly fire guns wildly and not hit anything. Mm. And that is that's why so many action films in, in in the states that's come from the states, especially, just don't work. 
and um, and that's why they had to create the buddy cop movie yeah. they had to create the die hard uh, movie where he, he doesn't necessarily have a gun all the time he actually has to be inventive and fight they had to I mean, I mean if you look at the Arnold Schwarzenegger films the Sylvester Stallone's the I am indestructible me yeah movies um, Chuck Norris movies no, nobody knows how to fire a weapon <laughs> that's true so they needed to have they needed to change directions and that's why Die Hard is that pivotal change yeah. in the way that the action is dealt with because they don't necessarily all have guns and they're not always they're, having a building especially is, is difficult because you're going to go from room to room and have different things in the way so they're able to use that mm. but in a lot of those open jungle scenes where, where you know you've literally just got tree open space tree you've literally got two pointers there mm. you've got the guy running away from you and yet you're doing this <laughs> you're spraying gunfire yeah. instead of actually working within that frame of actually saying well, okay well he's directly right in the middle of those trees bang gone done yeah goodbye Arnold Schwarzenegger they don't I mean if you look at it as a, as a, as a shooter as somebody who's actually shot guns um, you work in that frame. You work within the frame of where you're firing. No, absolutely. I think that part of it was born out of watching, you know, in the 80s, they were probably seeing what Hong Kong cinema were doing and saying they were so much better at it than us. Yeah, we need to rethink really, yeah. how we approach this and what what have we got that they haven't? Guns. Well, it's money and guns. <laughs> money and guns. So there we go, let's, let's do that. And then that's and where the ex- hard came out of it. And then the explosions became more yeah. wild and, uh, and then it became okay well this is where the the cube fits in the cube the circle fits yeah. in the circle we um, have a formula we have a formula and let's stick to it and uh, let's you know let's also do the, the punching scenes let's have the fight scenes where they have no weapons because mm. usually the last scene in an action film they're not just going to shoot each other they, they, they throw their guns down and all of a sudden they start oh, they to run out of bullets that's they run classic out of bullets. they run out of bullets yeah. click 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 oh no we've got to fight now or as John Woo would have it let's just have four you know Four guns uh, aimed at each other, and let's have a Russian standoff. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching a Chuck Norris film. It was probably missing in action thirty six or something. <laughs> where um, this guy, he's got no gun on him, and this guy sort of pulls a gun, a handgun at him, and points it. And he sort, of, he very creakily sort of just gets on the floor, and it just starts to roll. <laughs> and then, you, and then it goes to the point. Then it goes to the guy just shooting. You know, just a, like a shot of the guy just shooting at him. And then back to Chuck is just rolling on the floor really slowly, and you just see these little bullets like missing the back of him, and he just sort of gets up in front of him and punches him. I think, what the hell is that? It was hilarious because he was getting on at that time, and it was it wasn't as if it was this big sort of like he jumps on the floor and rolls there quickly and jumps up and punches him. It's like Chuck saying, "No, I'm I don't need no stunt man." So he sort of just gets on the floor slowly, gets himself comfy, and then slowly starts to roll towards him while the guys are missing with all these shots. And, and when the getting... guy reloads, Chuck Norris goes, "Can I have a pillow, please?" Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> It was so funny. Oh, but that, that's when it, they just realised, yeah, that you, you got to stop doing those movies. Um, but um, so, would you say so, the yeah. Bourne films? Oh, okay, the Bourne they films. action films. I'd say they are. Yeah. But and then another subgenre is the spy action films, which is the James Bond action films, which puts it in a different perspective because then you they're trying to inject something else in there I think with the Bourne films again Hollywood reinvented itself again reinvented action cinema again for itself because then it was more hand to hand 
yeah. really well choreographed, quickly caught. Mission Impossible kind of had the edge on that in terms of the espionage. Yeah. And so that they blended the two things. Where action was going in its own direction, espionage started to come in. Mm. And then they just kind of just met. Because I remember just the Bourne films coming out and I thought, I'll go, I like Matt Damon, I'll go watch it. Not thinking it was going to be anywhere near as good as it was. And then to see Matt Damon as an action star. Yeah. He reinvented himself and I think, my God, he's good. I mean, we, we, really ripped, we ripped on Matt Damon in uh, Interstellar simply because that's just there's no reason for him to be in that movie. It, like we said, it should have been yeah. someone else. He's too big of a star to but be. he that. is really good when he gets his teeth into a project. When you know that he's got, got a passion project, mm. Courage Under Fire, he it, it, that was a passion project. Yeah. The Bourne films definitely passion projects mm. um, you know. and again I think it's when they're working with a director where he, he works well with that director sorry it should have worded better because we have it with Kurt Russell and John Carpenter you know Robert De Niro Martin Scorsese the people who directed the Bond movies and Matt Damon they work well I forget the director's name Bob Bob yeah because Bob he was in Twin Peaks but when Twin Peaks stopped, he went and um, started directs Bond Supremacy. But he'll he'll do the Bond. Twin Peaks first. is not an action film. <laughs> That's a horror film. Uh yeah. I mean, action. Yeah. I'm, I'm, in a way, I think we've we've sorted, we've clarified a lot of things that mm. that what action is, what action isn't, and how action is as a function. And action is as a, as a, as a as a full picture. Yeah. Um. Where is action now? What's happening in action films now? Well, gone beyond. Guns. If it was a pure action film, we're talking like John Wick, which is just guns and. That's just an action film. That's just an because action there's film. no substance. There's no. I mean, yeah. Good people, like we've said, like Joss Whedon, can use action to push a story forward. Yes. He doesn't use it for the sake of it. Where a friend Michael Bay would use action purely because he's got no story to tell yeah action, so, action is it, basically there to, to make you forget that there could be a story yeah you know um, and if there's not action there's a girl's ass yeah you yeah, know it's um, yeah that's it um, so action in itself is, is really not very strong at all now it's it's literally just a, it's either a device to, well give me an action star now Exactly. In the eighties, you had Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis. But, but now they've all come back out of retirement. Yes. And they've made Expendables one, two, two three. three. We don't talk about Wesley Snipes. You ever play roulette? On occasion. Let me give you a word of advice. Always bet on black. We haven't. No. I mean, he was a good action star. He in was the great. 80s. Rising Sun was actually a thriller, but uh, that was a good film. Yeah. But Demolition Man, he was a bit of a weirdo, freaky. Yeah, I, yeah, you put obviously them two together, Sly and um, Still, yeah, and Wesley Snipes, and yeah, that was a good first Stallone because Wesley Snipes was like this meta human in it, wasn't he? He was yeah, like right. being sort of made super, super strong, yeah. So he couldn't beat him, and it was a nice little dynamic to have. I don't, I mean, he, he always works better with other people. Hmm. Um, Wesley Snipes on his own. Come on, Blade One and Two are brilliant. Three, not so much. Action films. Yeah, I suppose. But they were they they not. Well, they're the sort of hot. The second one, especially, is a horror film with a kind of action. 
Blade Trinity, Jessica Biel's in that one, I remember. That's dreadful. Um, and uh, was it one of the um, Donnie, not the Osmonds? But no, I know you're the guy I don't, I don't have to find the sound effects now, he just provided it. <laughs> I just spat everywhere as well. But no, the guy had a bros. Yeah, he, yeah, he's in Blade 2, but who directed Blade 2? Who directed Joss Whedon? No, Gail <laughs> Del Toro directed Blade 2. Oh, really? That's the best one. Okay. Because they have all the weird, horrible vampires where the thing comes out of the mouth and yeah. the jaw opens and it's really... Okay. That's the best Blade like, film. Kind of like Predator in a way. Very similar. Yeah. yeah very Predator, similar. The, the first one was, was not an action film, was it? Was it sci-fi? That's when they tried. That's where you've got the two things again coming together. Action. I'd say it is an action film. Yeah. Where it's just some army blokes in in a jungle being picked off one by one. Predator Two. Love. I, uh, no, I like Predator I Two. Predator I th- does two. that cross more into sci-fi? It's more. It's more um, uh, um, post-apocalyptic um, because yeah. it's World War Three. It's kind got of like a, a Robocop like vibe to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it's very. Uh, I, again, Die Hard Two, Predator Two, they both came out at the same time. They're both stronger to me than the originals because mm. of the content and the amount of stuff in it. I mean, you got you got so much in Predator Two going on. You, the, like, you have to watch it over and over again to remember and appreciate it. Yeah, and um, the, you feel the heat. It's so hot. All the time, isn't it? And yeah. You, you feel it comes across. But I always remember Wild. that woman who's having the. I've never known a girl to orgasm like that. You know what it's like? You hear oh, a, yeah, she, you, a woman. <laughs> and then it goes. And it's like a cityscape, and then it, you just yeah, see a woman you, you riding. You see the woman the in the window, she's riding like crazy. And I'm like, that is the most. I was like, calm down. <laughs> when I was. Well, I think I was 12, 13, 14 when I was watching that. And I kind of thought, oh my God, is that what you can do? <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. I want to go there. Yeah. But then, then all of a sudden they come blasting in and they kill him and she gets thrown to the side. And, yeah, uh, and she like, wants <laughs> um, And just for a second, you know. You... I, I recorded that on tape. I must have rewound and watched that yeah, little bit it, so many times. Let's, let's watch Predator 2, but let's start it about 27 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was 27 and 32 seconds. <laughs> but it was, it was, yeah. I mean, honestly, I do remember that as well. Yeah. It, it, it was quite an impact on I my think little teenage the, brain. Exactly, because the age. There's no You're way! Right. What is she doing? She's riding! She's... She's not like that in the films my dad has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but by that time, I'd already seen Basic Instinct and uh, that kind of made made sex into something else and then all of a sudden there's like what the heck is that yeah do um, all girls have ice picks when they have sex is that like a defense mechanism if they're not enjoying it they kill you well, is, it's what's like, going on yeah I kind of I kind of knew that it wasn't <laughs> I kind of knew it wasn't real but <laughs> that wasn't a normal date <laughs> that's, like a, that's not a how to Oh, that's it. Love the French Every way. date I went to after watching that film I just came with a gift of an ice pick I hope you enjoyed the evening yeah. It's like it's like formality etiquette <laughs> on a on a first date. Bring your ice pick. Yeah. Um, but, so action films. <laughs> to summarize, you know, we know what an action film is. Yes, we, we do. can identify a film that is simply just using action convention, and um, we know where action films are going. Do we? No. What's uh, the future of action films? The future of action films. 
I don't know. Pure action films. I mean, has has it has it gone? There's the golden age of action films. Uh, I think action as a genre is 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 always something that we will go to as as a. I think Hong Kong kung fu cinema will never die. I think that will always be a thing. Like yeah. you've got like Young Back with Tony Yan and stuff like that. And you mentioned um, a, a kung fu. Uh, sorry, these um, films uh, where you don't know which one's going to die at the end and I saw that scene when they're in The Raid too. The Raid yeah oh, uh, when there's the future of action cinema right that, I mean that is that is just pure blood fighting that it's amazing blood, I mean I, I was watching that scene and I thought this is horrible this, th- 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 that's the thing back in the day um, Kung Fu uh, movies were more theatrical what do you want now like, it's grungy it's kind of like brutal yeah. sore it's all martial no art <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, but so I love because the raid two, the raid films are brutal, but mm. the great. Like I say, raid one is pure action film because they have to get a warlord, this drug lord, out of a high rise building. Yeah. So they go in. They're seriously outmanned. He's got to fight his way to the top and try and do do what he can to get back to his wife. Just like Josh pregnant. Dredd. There you go. No, but uh, <laughs> the dread two. But um. The Raid 2 was more like a gangster film with action cinema, but it's brutal. I mean, there's this fight scene in a prison, which is all in this mud, and he like, grabs this guy's jaw and rips his jaw off his face and stuff oh, like that. It's really brutal. That's, yeah. But I think that end fight scene is incredible. That reminds me of American History X, The Curb. Oh, don't... There, there are things in cinema that I cannot. I have to look away from again. If I, I can't watch American History X because of that scene. Panda Labyrinth. I mean, but, but yeah, the, the smashing, the caving, the, the the skull. I mean, I will watch that again because I I can just look away. But you know, if 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 they're gonna cut anything out of out of British releases, why don't they cut those? I mean, ah, it's a lot easier to bludgeon somebody's face in this than it is, is to do a, a, a swizzle kick. It comes down to money. If we can get that to a fifteen, more people will watch it. Will make more yes, money. Yes, but caving somebody's face in is something that anybody not many can people. Do and it's right, if you're going to watch a Lethal Weapon film or you're going to watch Pan's Labyrinth, more people are going to watch Lethal Weapon than Pan's Labyrinth. Therefore, true, they will true. make more money. So they don't need weapon. to cut it. They don't need to cut it. They leave it alone. Yeah, in the, because that many people are going to watch it. American History X. They leave it alone because. So the bigger the movie, the more potential, the more fear that BBFC have. In, in allowing its release to come into this country with those scenes intact. At the, the end of the day, it's all about making money. They yeah. want to make as much profit as possible. And that means bums on seats. So that means... Let's reducing, get that, reducing that re- that rating down as and, low as possible. Yeah, it's like I think it was Wolverine had no blood in it to make it 15. When they released it on DVD, it's 18. And it's got a full, it's full of blood. Yeah. It's about money. It's about money. So you release two versions of it. It's all about money. I have nothing else to add, Your Honour. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah, I think yeah, we're done. I think we're done all right. Yeah, that was good. Thank you very much. See you next week. Mm-hmm.